Are you hungry for more? You know what life has to offer. You sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody. Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, here and now, just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon appetit! Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I'm your host, Allie. This is where we talk lifestyle design, the growth mindset, and it is inspired by wellness. This week's episode is Marnie. She's from the Handel Group. We talk about Marnie's best tips and tricks for not only maintaining a marriage, but finding love and how to become the CEO in a relationship. We also dive deep into her love story and how she ended up with the man she never even expected to sweep her off her feet by going for the opposite of what she usually wanted. I have a feeling many of us can relate to this one. Another great takeaway for me was how humor plays a massive role in our lives and makes the heavy, more daunting subject matters a little more handleable. I hope that this episode really treats you well and has you walking away with some good nuggets. It's so much fun and lighthearted, but love can be a heavy subject matter. And I know that many of us are single or dating. (laughs) I mean, I guess you're pretty much any of these things, single or dating or in a relationship. And no matter what position you're in at the moment, learning about love never hurts. There's always room for for improvement. That's something I always like to say. If someone's asking me to like rate something, I never give a 10 out of 10 because there's always room for improvement, you know? So I hope you enjoy this episode. I just want to let you know that there is a decent amount of cursing involved. So just a heads up <laughs> and I hope you enjoy. Marnie, you're yet another Handel Group coach honoring us with your wisdom here on Well and Why, and your area of expertise is in love and relationships. Being nearly 29 years old and very single, I'm thrilled to get everything I can from this call. Thank you so much for being here. You are so welcome. Oh, you're a pup. Okay. <laughs> I like to think so, but at the end of the day, I don't know that that's the case. <laughs> From my research, you've been married for 27 years. That is such an accomplishment in today's day and age. So I wanted to applaud you and your partner for that. What would you say is your number one secret ingredient for success? Ah, uh, funny today. I actually, I asked him, I was like, how long? <laughs> What's the real date? Like how long? So that's pretty awesome that I'm not like counting or, you know, like, you know, imprisoned for... <laughs> but um let's see I think you know I always joke about like the most important rule in a relationship partnership is like oh anything it could be in business or love is uh one asshole at a time Mm. like like that's the overall like if you could really you know and it's like obviously easier said than done right but if you really could a lot like oh it's his turn to be an asshole don't like, don't jump in, like, let him just be, see what's wrong, have it not be personal, all that kind of stuff, even though it feels personal, most likely it isn't unless I really effed up. So uh, that is the key, like one of the big keys. Okay. And then the other one is, and most women hate when I say this, right, is that like, if you divvy it up, the departments in a relationship, the woman, or, you know, there's one partner that really should be doing most is the CEO and runs the company, right? It doesn't mean like a good CEO doesn't do everything, right? Uh, But is the division of labor fair? Absolutely not. Uh, So in my relationship with Sheer, my husband, it really is on me to make sure I like him right? Like I'm really in charge of our sex promise. I'm really like all of that. And then, yeah, that pretty much covers it, right? So in order for me to keep my sex promise, (laughs) I have to like him, right? There's a lot of humans that like can't just fuck to fuck, right? (laughs) 
I have to like him first. Mm -hmm. So that caught like has me have to cause like I'm charged with having to like him, which means I might need to clear something, resolve shit with him. I might need him to rewind and say something better. (laughs) Right. I might like whatever I need to hand him the script. I need him to say in order for me to like him. And I'm in charge of that, which really will make a marriage last forever. If I really believe I source butterflies, all that, I don't wait to feel them anymore. Mm. 27 years later, if I was waiting to feel horny, <laughs> right? right? Like, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's my key. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful, actually. But why, why do men get off the hook then so much? Well, look, he really has to say the script I just said. He has to go be great. He, there's like lots of departments I don't want that he's better at. How we determine who's in charge of what is either um, it's obvious that one of you is better at it, right? Or the person complains the most about it. Mm. So the person who complains is in charge of making it better. Yeah. Um, right. So either it'll have you to like stop complaining. right or get that you care more about it it's why you're complaining and change it fix it it doesn't mean that the fixing means I have to change it may mean what I need from my partner what I need from him right I might need him to be more loving I might need him to say five things he adores about me daily I might need there's many things so it doesn't put me in charge of everything other than being a much better maestro of it And knowing what you need and communicating that. Right. As opposed to pointing, blaming. Right. Right. Hating on him. All fair game. (laughs) Like I could be in that sport anytime I want to prove him him the bigger asshole. It Mm. just doesn't serve uh, my dream of our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Do you care to share the story of how you two met? Sure. Like you could ask me anything. Okay. Um, Let's see. Back in the day, right? I mean, I'm 55, so it really was like back in the day, there really wasn't online dating. There really, you know, most we had was like the back of the Village Voice and New York Magazine classified ads. Like that's as close as we got to your profile and that. And trust me, I tried some of that shit. But the good news about my bad dating life was that I always had this theory that blind dates would eventually work like someone would eventually get it right like how could a friend of a friend of a friend like not get it right so that had me always going on blind dates and never saying no to them uh and in that good theory uh, i met my husband sheer who got fixed you know someone fixed me up he's got the goofiest name his name is sheer near so it was really like hard for shallow me to get over that shit I was like, I hope you play guitar or something, <laughs> right? So I had to get over myself. And he, you know, and there were lots besides his goofy name. He's Israeli, which is like, oh, that's like fuckable, not necessarily marryable. That was one of my theories about Israelis, <laughs> right? And he, and he like worked for a moving, like moving, you know, furniture and shit. So like none of my criteria really felt like they were met when someone's like, I've got this great guy, other than my sister, my older sister, Beth, had met him, and her first concern was that he was, like, too nice for me, right? And he also was interested in self-help and development, which, like, also puts, sorry, it's like a rude generalization, but it does put an Israeli into a different category, (laughs) (laughs) right? 27 years later, I can make these generalizations. I've met a few. So so we got fixed up on a blind date. Um, We, it was fun. Like it was fun. He was so not my type physically, like looking wise, not my type at all. Uh, But at that time in my life, right, I was like really looking for love, really failing at the search um, that I kind of had a feeling that because I didn't want to jump him immediately, it was probably a good sign. (laughs) Because what I wanted to always jump were men that didn't like me or weren't that attracted or needed some convincing. So that had me like get over my shallow self 
and like really give him a shot and get, like kiss him and see what happens. And the truth is, uh, the way he looked at me, even after that fucking first date, was that he was like done, right? Like call me the next day, he set it up. Like he was finished. He found his one, mm-hmm. which was really sexy. Like mm-hmm. I never had that because that was never my type. Mm-hmm. My type was the one that didn't turn around when I walked in the room. You're shaking your head, Ali, like you know that. I understand. One. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so that that was how we met. And really, truly, three months later, he was moved in and we were done. We were married in the year. And what? there's a backstory to that where my older sister, I moved in with my older sister Beth, who made a promise that she'd that if I listened to what she said and pretty much fired myself in this area, <laughs> right? Uh, she'd have me married in the year, and she did, right? But it was like the willingness to fire myself, move in with her. I like barely liked her at the time. She was like way too happy for my <laughs> taste. <laughs> uh, truly, and that was it. I was married in the year, that's it, 27 years later, two amazing kids. Uh, and I adore him. Like, he's my best friend. He's awesome. And he's Israeli. He's an arrogant fuck. <laughs> but turns out, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I love that story so much. <laughs> people don't set people up on blind dates anymore. I don't know if people don't ask enough, maybe. Like, I think you really have to. Because uh, I asked, right? Like, if you're in a promise to go, like, I need three dates a month, you know, three video dates, whatever the fuck you're doing these days, right? Uh, you'd have to get hungry for it. Like, if it's three dates a month or no Netflix for the entire following month, right? You'd actually get asking, right? Mm. Your hunts would get a little more ravenous, <laughs> right? right? So I don't know if people aren't fixing up more so than people aren't hounding their friends or friends of friends of friends or who do you know, and there'll be a prize at the end of this if you find my human. Right. And, you know, like you really could play a different game. I think back then there was no other option really, but I really still had to ask and it was embarrassing and yeah. you know, you had to get over yourself because it felt like you felt desperate and all those other lovely theories you tell yourself so you don't have to open your mouth. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's silly to just assume that your friends would want to find you somebody great because they think you deserve it. <laughs> Look, whatever our like limiting beliefs are right. right, and have us like they govern us so we don't have to embarrass. We make up meaner shit that our friends would ever say. And we like think it's their theories versus it's ours. So we don't have to just ask them and let them say nay, no or let them say, fuck you, bitch. I'm searching for myself. And if he's great, I'm keeping him. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but at least let them have their own opinion right. versus deciding that they couldn't once you're not good enough, like whatever your flavor is. Uh, that's not necessarily true at all. Right. I have this theory that my couple friends like don't really want to hang out with me because I'm single and I don't have somebody else to bring to the table. And it just feels that way. And I could be wrong, but it could be just really intuitive. I don't know. And it's just one of those things. And then you're like 29 years old almost. And so many of your friends, not everybody, but so many of your friends are coupled up and you just are like, I just want to meet that person to have them in my life to share these experiences with these other people that I love that I feel like I don't see enough because of this reason. Yes. I think the reason is bullshit. I really do. Unless you're like a Debbie Downer there. Like, oh, there's no going love with you. Have. Like, if you're that, right. but I doubt you're that. No. I think that um, the truth is we don't want to feel the discomfort of sitting there and being jealous or wanting it or be like, like feeling obviously the single one. Right, odd man out. Yeah. I don't think I bring. I don't think I bring that energy. Honestly, I'm sure you don't. So yeah, then it's more just you. You've made it up. Yeah, and our like you know you think you're this, but it 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 really is just chicken shitness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, because it's oh. not true. Or you'd have to ask them. Right, right. It's like on date night you shouldn't right. go, but on the other <laughs> <laughs> right, on the other nights fucking come and play. I right. promise you, couples need other people. Yeah. Around to play. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I think it's just like um, people are busy and I find a reason to excuse yeah, other excuses. You, yeah. Yeah. And then you have to get in because like you never know who they like just met on Zoom. <laughs> and they're just if you're not in their face, they're not going, oh, my God, Allie, I should fix her up. She'd be great. 
<laughs> right? right. We have to like be in their faces. Yeah. Oh, so annoying. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know that humor plays an exceptionally large role in your coaching tactics, but why do you think laughter and lightheartedness is so important when we're in the process of getting to the bottom of why we're maybe a little loco in la cabeza? Um, look, I, I think he, like the species, right? We're like dark and sneaky, and, like awesomely so. Like right? yeah. I like study Russian lit back in the day, right? So I like how smart, sneaky, dark we are, right? And pretend we're not, <laughs> yeah. right? So I find the funny in almost everything, including all my own dark, mean shit, right? Pretending I'm the nice sister where I'm like maybe nicer, but I just may be faker, right? Right? So there's like the admission of that and having a sense of humor about it all is the key to all self-help work, I think. Because like no one needs to feel bad, want to change, wish we were different, feel guilty about it and blah, 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 like all that crap that we do Mm. uh, so as not to just change or tell the truth. So I think the truth is really funny. Um, I think it needs to be gracefully handled, right? But I really think there's almost, there's almost like nothing you can't bring a sense of t- humor to, right? Like even the most fucked up situation, fucked up parents, but like there's something fascinating to go learn and to be able to kind of find your own fucked upness or similar fucked upness or anti-fucked upness because of their fucked upness. <laughs> Right. Like that there's always something and it's just so much easier to swallow if you can smirk at it. Yes. Yeah. I find that um, at first thinking about childhood was like rough for my sister and I. But then when we realized we could just laugh about it and, you know, we've gotten through it, (laughs) we made it out. All right. So, yeah humor in that and that we'd like to even take it to like this deeper more spiritual area right of like what if right just a theory of ours you picked those parents right right and then you're like oh fuck right but then it gets no matter how fucked up the story is uh you uh as the author of the whole thing as the maestro don corleone mad scientist like whatever of the whole thing and why would you pick such a fucked up story and what are you using it for versus some higher self awesome mountaintop telling it just takes away the the victimization of it that where most of us could all take it and you know understandably because there are fucked up stories out there but it still never fully serves you Mm -hmm. to get out of it right awesome so I asked this next question inspired by a meme that's out there. It's two women sitting and chatting, one a therapist, the other her client. The therapist says, you often use humor to deflect serious trauma. And the client says, thank you. And the therapist says, I didn't say that was a good thing. And her client responds with, what I'm hearing is you think I'm funny. Where is the line drawn between using humor to make light of a heavy situation and using comedic relief to deflect serious matters? No, it's a great point. It's a great point. Sometimes, like I, since I've been coaching for so many years, I mean, I really think I used to use it much more to deflect, <laughs> right? It's like, you know, I could get around, like be driving and I'll be near, you know, an 18 wheeler or whatever. And I speed up. <laughs> yeah. Almost shutting my eyes just to get past it. Like the stupidest thing to go do. <laughs> I do in the face of fear. So I think I used to do cutesy, make a joke, uh, deflection. Over the years, I've like learned to trust myself, trust that I really get, like heard the other person's story, really got it, don't go quick through it, that I really could have great compassion for it, even if I can't relate to it, or I can. Um, so I th- I've learned the big difference of can I lighten up? Can I have compassion as long as I bring heart to the crisis right or the sad story or the holy fuck what happened Hmm. right and truly get their world and and have permission right like they trust me enough because I find I need permission a bit though the more I do like you know to go in and make a joke in in a in a heavy moment but again first have to slow down first have to hear it truly go get it they have to feel gotten 
before I could even go like, but what about you? <laughs> maybe it's you. Like, you know, maybe it's you at the wrong moment, you'll get killed, right? And we've all, you know, as coaches, we've all laughed too early. Yeah. Right. But the level at which, yeah, I have permission, you know, and it's fun because I've been practicing it because we've been Handel's doing community calls, mm. right? And these are like free. You don't have to sign up for me. You don't even know that I have this truck driver. Matt, like you don't know what's coming, nor have you signed an agreement. Like, there's nothing, right? And could I just create relationship quick enough that they'd let me go make a joke when they're in the middle of something heavy? Mm. And the truth is, I really, I can, again, as long as I slow down, as long as they know, I'm not calling them out for being any bigger of an asshole than I've outed on my, like myself. Mm. I do not claim to not be a bitch, a C word. Am I, that's a bad one. <laughs> I won't say, right? Like when there is like, oh my God, you'll never believe what I did to my sister. Right? <laughs> so like, if as long as I'm willing to make light of my dark shit, I think I have permission to come after yours, mm-hmm. or at least I've made that up enough and I haven't gotten in too much trouble. And then I always charge other people with, if I step where I don't belong, uh, no one, it was unintentional to make me fucking apologize. Like stop, mm-hmm. don't hate me. Don't go. I promise you, I did not do it on purpose. Right. So as long as I put it like kind of back in their hands of don't let me do that. Don't let me make light of something. And if I went too fast, Tell me, Mm. Uh, which is really, you know, a major for those humans to actually make that promise of make me apologize, email me right after, you know, that it makes a difference because if we all did that, the world would be a different place too. Definitely. That sounds more than fair. (laughs) (laughs) With everything going on due to COVID, dating is quite a tough pill to swallow. I would say there's an extremely small percentage of people out there willing to video chat for the first date, or maybe that guess is from my lack of suggesting it like you were talking about earlier. Uh, Can you talk on behalf of why Lauren Zander, the co-founder of the Handel Group, as well as your sister, has fought for the concept of video chatting as a first date even before the pandemic happened? So first, I don't think we never suggest like video date, first date. I mean, that's daring, right? No, I just no, we go like our order usually and has always been way even before COVID was text, uh-huh. phone, oh, phone call, FaceTime. Got it. Like if the phone went well, like if you're like, oh, my God, they're great. They're funny. I feel a connection. Now let's go see if there's a if there's chemistry. Mm. So some people are like, fuck it, I'm going straight to FaceTime and then it's fine, but it's extra awkward because you don't even like them and now you have to face them and now you're like, they've got cats crawling all over them and you're like, right? Which you might have figured out text phone there. So we're trying to save you a little time at like, and easier to say, you know what? I don't think we're a match on the phone is easier to say than here, Mm -hmm. but maybe we all grow that muscle and be able to do it. Right. right. But for us, it's always been, it's amazing how chicken shit people are about asking for that. Not, the good news about COVID, maybe like one of the only, mm-hmm. right, other than you're playing with your kids more, right, <laughs> is that it forces people to like do the vetting. Yeah. That you'd go out on a bad date, waste two hours, have the work, like a long two hour meal, made the guy pay for it, like all wrong. And we were all willing to do it because we were too chicken shit to just say, let's get on Zoom. And even if the, and if the person on the other end doesn't want to get on Zoom, they're lying about something. I think some people just aren't comfortable with it. Like I have a friend that really would rather just meet somebody in person, but then you get into situations where like, you give that person your number and then they're a psycho and then you block them and then they start texting you from other numbers and you're like, what did I do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think you have to get over yourself, right? You have to figure it out. You have to shower. You have to (laughs) makeup on, right? You have to have good lighting. Right. Right. And you just have to trust that even if you're awkward at it and it's not your favorite thing, your human on the other end will Mm. be fine. will think you're adorable, even in your awkwardness. And then I just think I'm always suspicious of people that go out on dates without doing the vetting is that they don't mind continuing to prove whatever crappy theories they have about dating. 
the site sucks. This is so hard at my age. Blah, blah, blah. All the goodness are taken. I only want to get laid. Like whatever your theories are, you're proving. Because if you were in like, this is easy, right? Or even if this isn't easy, this is like anything worthwhile takes time and requires, look, you wouldn't just go to, you would just rent an apartment without seeing it first. <laughs> Why would you spend two hours unless you were in a different sport called prove this a little challenging? Yeah, actually, that same friend did rent an apartment with that. <laughs> there you go. All right. So she needs some better laws. She knew oh, the no. market, though. She knew. <laughs> was, is she happy? Did it like turn out, though? It did. All right. Rock on. Yeah. But there's just like a level of which is look, the good, again, I didn't good mean reason. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> look, if she's really good at it and she's like, this is just fun and I'm doing research. Yeah. But I will, and look, if, if she doesn't give a shit, about what they like, look like, look like, or trust theirs and gets on the phone and has a great phone conversation and really thinks she's good at phone, rock on. I just think like, one, it's like, you know, it's dangerous out there for COVID. Like, why go fucking, you know, why? Right. And I really think, you know, I do all of our coaches, like we do calls on Zoom. We've done it forever on FaceTime. I can, you know, you're adorable. I can, right? We can, I can show you my apartment. I can show you, like we could go have a drink together. Like it's not hard to like get chemistry and like someone this way. I agree. I love it. Do you believe in the one? I do. And, and here, the funny part is I'm like, I think this is true. I'm the least hokey of the sisters. (laughs) Like I'm not the woo-woo, like it's hard to get, like it took me a long time, energy, blah, blah, like all that. I'm the one who like rolls her eyes and then eventually comes. Um, (laughs) Like, you know, I, I believe there's the one. Like, do I think the one is like the one and only and if you marry the one and it turns out they weren't the one, you'll never find another one because you blew it because that was the one? Like, no. Yeah. Right. So do I think there are many? Sure. Do I think it's so much more fun to believe like there's your match? Yeah. Right. And they're not perfect. They're just perfect for you. And that's fun. There's like the right shoe that works for me and won't work for you that I love. And it might be strange for you, but I can wear it with shorts. I can wear it with, you know what I mean? It's like a good pair of Doc Martens <laughs> forever. Right. But it might not be your pair, but that's mine. Right. Yeah. So how do we know we found them? Does it depend on the couple and what that dynamic is like? Is there really that when you know, you know, or? I mean, I think you really have to like do the work. So if you've heard the, like us talking about head, heart and hoo-ha, and you really have to know what your head, which is, you know, your head is what looks good on paper, plain and simple. Right. So my head was not so thrilled with Israeli mover. (laughs) It had to go deal with, well, I think, really, right? I'm princess from New York, right? <laughs> right? So head has to go deal with that. So that's the basic logistics. Where do you go to school? Where do you do this? What do you do for a living? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, where do they live? What state? All that. Your head cares about logistics. Heart, your hair, that's connection, right? Trust, loyalty, um, twinkle, all that. The fun stuff, that stuff. And then hoo-ha is chemistry. You want to jump them. You want to last kiss, last human on earth, that. And all three, you have to really know what your criteria is for all three of them. And then uh, if they all vote, right, they all get a 100% vote. If they all vote, yes, like eight to 10, all of them, rock the fuck on. You met your human, right? What happens is most of us sell out on one or two of those, right? You're like, well, six you know, it doesn't really matter. It pitters out later anyway, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Right? Or we're like, who cares? He's an Israeli mover, right? He's so, he twinkles, right? And so you have to go deal. And it doesn't mean you can't negotiate and figure it out, right? Because, and I had to, right? Like I had to have a hard conversation with Sheer of you're a mover. <laughs> what are we doing about that? <laughs> and he's like, you know, the, the poor guy is like, he paid off all my debt. Like bought me gym membership. And he's looked at me, he's like, Do you think I'm gonna be a mover forever? Right? Like and I and I paid off all your debt, bitch. Right. And I was like, Oh, you're right, you're so cute, right? Like it handled it all. 
Aww. And now he's CEO of Handel Group, right? Like, so it's like, spare me. But if you don't go deal with it, have those conversations and really vet according to what matters to your ages, uh, you won't know. And you won't even know. And you have to watch out because uh, the three H's think they're sharing the 100% vote. And that's why they compete in the first place. But they really don't. They each get their own one to 10 vote or 100%. Mm. In the beginning of this, when you were telling your story about meeting him, you said that you didn't want to jump his bones. So wasn't that your hoo-ha kind of saying no? Yeah. So my hoo-ha was like, no, he looks Irish. Nothing personal. (laughs) He looks like Keeper Sunderland. Some people think that's great. I don't. Right. So, but then my head, right, and heart are like, wait a minute, Marty, the guys that you really liked with the ponytails were fucking assholes. Right? Like, are you sure? And so I'm like, I don't know. I still don't think I want to jump him. I mean, let me have another beer and I'll see. Right? And <laughs> but truly, the more he like looked at me, right? And he still does to this day, right? Like, takes care of me, looks at me, going nowhere. Uh, that all of a sudden got very sexy to my hoo ha. So that's where they all had to negotiate and talk to themselves because it wasn't my, he definitely wasn't my, and then I grew his hair. It was like too short when I met him. So I made him cuter. (laughs) I dressed him and he was the type that would let me dress him. Um, So yeah, so I, he's much cuter. So it can grow. Complete, like you can, if it's, if you question it, because you're like, is it really true? Right. So sex was great. Sex is great. Like that same night that I was like, I'll have another beer and see if I can kiss him. Like we kissed like for hours out in like near NYU, right? Like hours. And so my hoo-ha was like full of shit. Mm. Got it. So you thought you're, okay, okay. I thought like immediate seeing him, you're like, eh, right? (laughs) Right? Mm. So that like, they're in trouble, right? Because I would have had to talk to him some more. Um, I wonder if he would have made it like on the Zoom call, right? If I did it, because I'd be like, I don't really, except that he's charming. Okay. So then it would have been like, all right, fine. I'm not really sure he's fuckable, but let me go out on the date because he's sweet. He's looking for love of his life. Right. Good man. Yeah. Doing work on himself, cares. Right. And thinks I'm great. Like, oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> that's new. That's ideal. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new feeling. Yeah. I wonder if that's imperative that that person is in that mindset that they're looking for that. If you're looking for it, it's imperative, right? right? It really is. Like you have to, if you're really looking for done, right? Yeah. I mean, at like 29, you, you maybe, you know, you're still like that would fucking rock, but I don't know if it has to be done, done, but they'd have to be in the same inquiry. I'm not like, no way. Right. If you're in, maybe it would be awesome if I were done. Right. Right. If this was love of my life again, let's go traveling. If that all met. So I think it is if you're, if, if you are looking for love of your life, then they need to be too. Got it. That makes sense. Do you have a favorite resource for where you like to read and learn about love and relationships or is most of your knowledge and advice from your own experiences? Uh, I think it's own experiences and funny client stories. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't need much than to like talk to a client about love and what are they making up? And yeah, you know, human beings are not as unique as we wish we were or think we are. We're really not. So we all kind of say the same shit or different flavors of the same shit. But I remember discovering that like when like Pandora came out, you're like, oh my God, I'm a predictable formula. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I put like one song in and it's got my entire life. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. (laughs) Right? At first, I thought you meant the jewelry company. And uh, like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like Pandora Radio, right? Like it. you just put in a station and you're like, how did they know? And yeah. fuck you, I don't like Tracy Chapman anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I used to. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> how did you end up as a life coach and was it always on the to-do list? Uh, it was never on the to-do list. Never, ever, ever, ever. Uh uh, let's see if I could, it could be a fairly long story about, uh, let's say I was 
I had one, I had my son already. I was living in Westport, Connecticut. I like that 40 or so, uh, did want to go back to work. Maybe it was, it was younger than 40 because I was trying for my second kid. Wasn't going well. Finally decided to let my sister, Lauren, who's life coach, coach me. Like it took a long time, like to go like swallow crow and let your baby sister coach you, you know, would be, was tough for me. Any sister, I can't well, imagine. Any sister coach me. <laughs> fine, fine, you win. I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so like to make that call and I knew I didn't want to go back to work, but I knew I also couldn't just be a mom because I was turning into my own mother really rapidly, rap, really rapidly. <laughs> and that, you know, God love her, but that wasn't really a good thing. Um, so Lord like had me do what, like we all have everybody do is like, make a list of what do you want to go do when you grow up kind of thing. And really what came out of my mouth was I want, I was watching sex in the city had just come out. So then you could like figure out the year. Um, And watching that, I was like, wow, I want that fake job. (laughs) I want Sarah Jessica, I I don't want to be a sex columnist, but I bet I could go be a motherhood columnist because I don't think anyone's telling the truth. I think this is the worst pro bono gig ever. And I stuck at it. And it's funny. And certainly no one's speaking for me really on TV. Like this was like Modern Family maybe was just like a just like so if a mom was an asshole, they had to give her like it was like the big C. They had to like give her cancer or it was weeds. Right. Or they had to like go sell weed. Right. So they like that's like they couldn't figure out how to make her really likable and not just an asshole. Like, I don't know. Why can Homer Simpson's be funny, cute and a jerk? Right, but more just still a good, you know. So it just didn't make sense for me, and I didn't think anyone was speaking fairly on our behalf. Mm. Right, what to expect when you get pregnant? All like girlfriend's guide was like the closest over there too. So I, that's what I said. I want to go do that, and she said, "Okay, if I get you like your dream, you need to pay it forward." Right. So I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to fix your life, give you your dreams. And then you're going to coach for my company. Right. And so that was the deal. Wow. And so that's when I started coaching, learning everything, everything, you know, and that's how it works for all of our coaches. You have to go through the entire process, Mm -hmm. the handle method in order to be a coach. So everything, every gruesome, awesome assignment I give you, I had to do too. Um, so there's nothing you could really bitch about that I haven't bitched and can't talk back to. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty much it. And then uh, like quickly after I had a column in a newspaper, then we decided I wanted to turn that into a TV show. Then we decided we were going to make it an animated series. And eventually I sold the animated series to Hulu and Eva Longoria played me and it aired 13 episodes. And so she completely got me my dream. Wow. What's it called? It's called Mother Up. Mother Up. And it's on Hulu right now? Yeah, but it was like 14 years ago or whatever. And I would say it's fucking amazing. The most amazing part about it is my name's up on the screen. Wow. (laughs) Like creator credit. I'm on IMDb. And it really was, you know, 40 year old housewife, whatever said this shall be. I bought like one book, like how to write a treatment (laughs) for TV. And I wrote a treatment for TV. And it was long. Like, trust me, the reason why I'm also a good coach is because I'm such a fucking chicken shit. So I speak chicken fluently. (laughs) And like, it took eight years from beginning to airing and a lot of puddles and crying where Lauren had to like kick my ass, make me, you know, you know, lose my wine if I didn't write, if I didn't sell it, I had to do a fucking improv class. So it was a very long um, hellish and amazing process. Yeah. Uh, but fucking awesome. Cause I really can go to, you know, Hollywood and go like, I'm one for one. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> like my numbers are good. That is awesome. Did you ever resent her for like making you take the route of coach? Nah. Cause the truth is, I mean, let me not say that so quickly. I've resented her for many things. <laughs> I don't think 
for that. There's like times when, you know, you're like, what? I'm head of content now? And what are you, why do you look like you're having more fun than me? <laughs> well, we can have those battles. Yeah. Um, but no, like I'm, I'm a better human mm-hmm. when I care about others, period. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what I wakes up in the morning isn't always lovely. <laughs> How do I save the planet one human at a time? Yeah. Right. But because I have to get out of myself and go write or go do a community call and care, it makes me a much better human than what, than what wakes up. <laughs> that was good. So I'm actually grateful to her, but oh. don't tell her. She knows it. She's a credit host. She like takes it and knows it. Yeah, of course. And she really did. She if if not for her, I would not have done everything I'm doing. And then same goes back because we really were idiots and even though we did all that and she had me like, and I was writing and living my dream when she was looking to do the book, her book, maybe it's you. She had eight ghostwriters and it took us eight ghostwriters before we realized I was the one to, that should write the book. So we were like, she needed me too, but we were like that dumb about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It sounds like it's so nice that you guys have such accountability for each other and, or you hold each other accountable to yourselves. And yes, I feel like that's what family is for. Yeah, it's true. So we're going to take a little turn here okay. towards wellness and spirituality. What is your relationship like with spirituality and religion stemming from childhood to now? Um, I grew up, we grew up Orthodox, modern Orthodox Jews on Long Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, very modern. Like my dad cutely figured out how, like we don't drive on Saturdays, but he could get on a ski lift. <laughs> <laughs> right. And somehow explain it because it was going around anyway. And he just got on it. So it was <laughs> modern. Okay. Uh and went to synagogue on Saturdays. And truly, you know, maybe more so than my other sisters and my brother. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I like, loved it. I really did. I loved going to synagogue, getting, like, you know, getting dressed up, playing with my friends. A lot of it ended up just being like social. Yeah. But I really did love the rabbi. There was Rabbi Clapperman that I just like loved. I thought he was a cute man. And I really felt close to God. Right. I went to the yeshiva, which was half a day Hebrew, half a day in English, and they really crammed a lot of history, a lot of Holocaust, a lot of that into us. Um, and then I went off to a little private school that um, was a little more diverse, not much, but a little more. Um, I think I've always, you know, if I hear the tunes from synagogue, it brings me right back there. Love that. And I love it. I love it. We aren't religious now. But like, have picked our favorite rituals. Yeah, like just our favorites. <laughs> you know? You're like, oh, we'll fast, but we really are only going to fast till five. Like, <laughs> yeah. we might have changed uh, the religion for us. Yeah. Like, and you're allowed co- one cup of coffee, <laughs> and you're going to fast till five. And and I swear, uh, it's not that religious because it's really like, how do you relieve the guilt to eat the mac and cheese and bagels at five <laughs> fifteen? Okay, so that's Yom Kippur. That's like the high holy, yeah. right? And even this Saturday, right, we're doing this thing called Tashlech, which is like throwing your sins into the water, right? Mm-hmm. A favorite that was fun. It like brings on the new year. The fun about Judaism, as much as we've got guilt and all that kind of shit, we really do like, bam, you're, you know, you're clean. <laughs> Say these, you know, our version of Hail Marys and you're out of it. So that's this holiday for us. So we're going to go throw rocks like around the corner and uh, adorable. So I like rituals. Yeah. I believe in God. Like I like something. I do believe there's a higher something, you know, I'm still young in my belief of like, it feels like it's, masculine right which you're like what that makes no sense right but for me as a kid it was always god was a hate uh but he was also in the tree right like i used to talk to the trees and all that kind of stuff i think i don't know i was reading one book a while ago 
big magic or one of those where I was like talking about like define, like describing God to myself. What do I think God is? And I was like, God has the funniest fucking sense of humor, like dark, obnoxious sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't get this whole Pharaoh Trump, you know, happen around Passover thing. You're like, oh, right? This is wild shit. Um, but then realizing that if I'm describing God as like dark and funny, I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> I equal God of my universe. Like Mm -hmm. I get it. I get, so I have moments of that, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't think so deep and profound am I, but uh, I like to believe there's, there's something. It feels feels fun to make that up and feel it and look for signs and look for winks. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if we all have, I mean, anyone who believes in anything bigger, I wonder if we all can relate in that we think it's, like we envision, you know, maybe the characteristics of he, she, or it, and it relates to us. Yeah. And it's like, what's that called? When, like reflection. It's like, yeah. you know, the uh, projecting. Yes. You know? I think so. Like it feels like it, but then it makes sense, right? Because yeah. we play in the land of you're the author, author, you could cause magic, get manifesting, all that. So you've got to... There, it's fun to believe there's a higher source, but you've yeah. got to be a part of it. Of course. It's, a, it's like a team effort. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I remember uh, Lori Gerber, she actually said on here that um, it's like her bestie. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense. You're like plays. working together with it. And it. it I agree. Yeah, I mean. Right. And if you sit around not liking yourself, it's really hard to be besties with God. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I mean, why why give something all of the credit, all of the responsibility, and why similarly put all that pressure on yourself as if everything is on you? Right. True. You know? Yeah. It makes things a little bit lighter. But what are some examples of activities you do to enhance your well-being? Uh, let's see. I definitely work out a bunch. I have my ex-brother-in-law is my personal trainer, is all of our personal trainer. He like once Beth, my Beth, that's my older sister, and he divorced. Um, yeah, he became like a good friend of all of ours. Aww. And he, he personal trains all of us. Wow. So that's really kind of fun and cute. Um, do a lot of hiking. So I'm in Pound Ridge. I'm in Westchester County. It's really beautiful here for the moment. <laughs> it's uh, so we do a lot of hiking, yeah. walking around, and that's my most fun way of exercising. And then yeah, I have a Peloton that you know bought during COVID and used not that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the winter, you'll you'll appreciate that's, it. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> Is there a daily or weekly habit you have that is a non-negotiable in your lifestyle? A uh, daily, we and probably the other coaches probably even said this also because we're all kind of leashed by this. Is we all design our day every day? Do they talk about DDing? Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, yeah. What is design. DDing? We so it's called a design day, okay. and so you wake up in the morning and uh, you write an email. And you send it to a bunch of your accountability buddies uh, and you design how your day is going to go before it happens. So it's in a sense, it's manifesting. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It gets you accountable for your day as opposed to like, I hope I have a good one. <laughs> right. Or let's see how this goes. Yeah. But, and so it's not, you know, people are prone to, to want to just put to do's in it. And it's not a to do list. And there can be some, Right, but some of it is definitely causing magic or out of the blue magic, or I just say like magical emails come in, or you know, wink from God. Like you could do anything you fucking want in it. Right, kids happy, I get a surprise call, money comes in the mail, like whatever you want to happen, hmm. you could put in there. And so I send that, and I send it to my nearest and dearest, and uh, so they know what's up for me for today. And at the end of the day, I close out my day, so they also know if I had a fucked up day, right? Because next to everything I sent them in the morning, I you know, cut and paste it. And now I'm in like, no, no, yes, no, fuck, no, oh my God, no. Like, you know, all that. Holy shit, yes, this is what happened. So they know, and I know what's doing with them. And so 
especially in times like these, it's fucking awesome mm-hmm. to be that in touch with your little posse. We send it to like all the executives at Hando Group. So we're all very clear about uh, what's up or what's not for everybody. Yeah. And it's fun. It's yeah. fun to do that with your friends. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And I owe 10 bucks if I don't do it. So that holds me. There's the consequence there. Because otherwise you'd be like, oh, I don't feel like it. So I have to do it every day, uh, Monday to Friday before 10. And on the weekends, I have till noon. Okay. Otherwise, it's 10 bucks. Who gets the, who gets the money? I'm in a little like women's group. Like we call it a spiritual poker game that Lauren leads, which has like, you know, she's like practicing new method on us and all that kind of stuff. So for every infraction in whatever game we're playing, but that one's one of the, you know, half the rules, um, it's 10 bucks and 10 bucks if you don't close it out in the nighttime. Mm. So I've gotten very good at it. Yeah. Yes. That sounds great, actually. What is it you do that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago? Did I not? I've been doing this for a long time. Well, maybe um, I had it in my toolbox. I just didn't use it. (laughs) (laughs) If we could qualify it, then it would be uh, like in that DD, you could do anything, right? Besides just design your day, you really could go like, keep your promise accountings, you know, I worked out, I told my husband, I could keep that accounting in there. Any lies I said, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, What we also do now is we put our negative inner dialogue for the morning. Like, so, you know, again, most of us don't wake up sunshine and light, (laughs) right? But like, whatever, if I'm grumbling, like, I can't believe he said this. And why hasn't he gotten back to me about that module? And blah, 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 right? I put that there. And if I don't put that there and I could just feel myself like below an eight and happy, if 10 is pig and shit happy, if I'm below an eight, uh, I have to call my sister Beth and get over myself. Mm. So that one, like, I think it was yesterday, yesterday, maybe it was two days ago, like before seven, I was already on the phone with her just to get over myself, which is such a rarity because I won you know, I'm like a lone ranger. I don't like to need anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think I can get over it myself. I know. I know. Yeah, no one can relate. <laughs> right? And the last thing I like, maybe I don't even want to get over it. Yeah. Right. Because I think I'm actually right about that person. And I don't mind this annoyed feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's pretty cool. Like the a bit like trusting myself enough to like not want to fuck with my day like that. And pick up the phone. She's very reliable. Um, if I just put it in, like if I announce that I'm a seven on my DD, my sister Beth will call me. Aww. Right. But it was pretty cool that two days ago, I didn't even wait. I just called her before I even wrote my DD of just, hey, I hate this human. Help me. Uh-huh. <laughs> help, help me not hate him. Yeah. Right. And she did. Wow. Which which completely changed the whole conversation. I was, you know, how the day was going to go. Because now I was going to have that other conversation. Mm-hmm. Till she got me like, oh, you're not in your heart. You don't get it. Here's the other perspective. She did what I would do. But you can't do it for yourself. Right. Necessarily. Yep. Yeah. So negative inner dialogue, getting rid of it every day. Making sure you're happy or you are in the right actions to get yourself happy. Yeah. And having a person to call to help show you that other side of things. Yeah. I used to have a promise that um, if anyone caught me, because I'm a Lone Ranger sneaky fuck, right, caught me being below an eight, I lost wine. Like if I was below, I was allowed to be below an eight. Yeah. I just wasn't allowed to be quiet about it. Okay. Right. So if I was below an eight and didn't tell anybody. And they guessed before and, you told them. And I didn't like have, I'm allowed to be below an eight and have a pity party candle lit. Yes. But if I don't, those two things have not happened. And so my, one of my sisters catches me sounding below and no lit candle and I didn't call anybody, then I lost wine for the night. Mm. And on those pity party candle needing days, you know you like your wine. Right. That <laughs> <laughs> so was good. Like I could just leave them a message. And then the awesome part is even if I just left them a message that I was below at eight and pity partying, I felt better. Yeah. Keeping it to yourself is, is even though it feels your head will tell you it's the right thing to do and you can handle it and it's not that important and blah, blah, blah. 
uh, it doesn't work. Right. Yep. Lastly, is there anything you wish we spoke about, something I didn't ask or something intuitive you'd like to share? No, I wanted to like ask you questions. I wanted to hear about your dating life. <laughs> <laughs> I was more curious. I was like, you're cute. What's going on? Oh, so it was more like that. But no, I don't think so, unless you got anything else for me. Well, where can we find you? How can we support you? Uh, handoutgroup.com. Definitely go there. Uh, Interview is our most awesome. Really, really proud of our entire method in an audio course. Uh, that's brilliant. Easy to do. You could just listen to it. You could listen to it and do all the work in Rock Your World. It comes with a free coaching, like private coaching session. Right, you get interview for what is it like these three twenty five, right? And it comes with a private coaching session that costs more than that, and uh, like master classes, as many master classes as you want to take, we offer them, and they're free as well. And you get it for all, your entire life, and we'll keep upgrading it. And it's that's for the one price, so it's pretty obscene. Uh, crazy of us and awesome. So I go find inner you. We do it for uh, love, inner you love, inner you life, inner you career, and inner you student. So all the master classes that you guide, they're all love related, or they're just all of it. All of it. There's a no. There's an inner. There's a life master class and a love master class and a career master class. So those are all separate. They're uh, six weeks. Uh, I think we've upped them to 75 minutes to make sure, like we just want to help you through interview or at least through the first four. And now we're starting to offer specialized classes, which costs a little extra, like 149, but we cap the amount of people that can be on it. And uh, the first one starts soon. It's September 30th. That's um, uh, Body 101, Let's Get Physical Integrity. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> And that's fun because we're taking on, because a lot of times in coaching, it's the first area we've got to go. And it's like the quote unquote easiest area to go see the most results and see where your like your excuses live and where you're most full of shit of taking care of yourself and exercise body, especially pandemic and kids at home and all that. You're going to put yourself last. So it really is. And the holidays are coming. So uh, we thought we'd give that a shot and see how that goes. And it should be great. And uh, I don't know if you met Hildy Dunn. Did you meet Hildy? Did you yes. Yeah, you should have done. yeah exactly. Um, uh, she rocks. She's guiding that? She, that's her course. Yeah. Oh and, uh, and she's the cutest, sweetest. Oh my gosh. Like the best, like yeah. closest to God we've got. <laughs> oh yeah. She's been on here. I love she, that. Yeah, I love her. Right. So we're like, Hilda, you go do it. You're the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> and she's really good at it and really cares. Yeah. And uh, Patricia Moreno is going to come on one of those calls nice. and lead a little. So it should, it should fucking rock. Yes. And it's something goofy like 149. Yeah. yeah wow. How many? Yeah. Is how many sessions? It's eight weeks. Okay, eight weeks, hour each, and you got Hildy, and we're capping it so that we, if she can see everyone on the screen, and uh, everyone's got talking time. Wow, that's great! Yeah. I yeah. just actually signed up for it's three weeks, three classes a week, but they're very short. They're like just they're they're focused on core, and because yeah. um, I feel like I know for me, I mean, I could. I haven't been working out as much as I should, as much as I want to, all that stuff, but, and with no good excuse really, but, um, and it, it's actually really helpful. I was up at, for the 6.30 this morning. So there, it's like Monday and Wednesday at 6 PM for 30 minutes. And then Fridays at 6.30 AM for three weeks. And it got me up and I have no idea how, Yay! I know, I know and I did it and I felt so productive this morning. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I forgot how great it feels because I've gone through so many phases of working out. Yeah, and working out before work and work like in the city, I was, I don't know, sometimes I give credit to just like my age and my energy at the time. But it's really not a good excuse. That's just what I excuse it as and and I was living in New Jersey at my parents working in the city staying with friends a couple nights a week. And my schedule was despite being 40 hours a week, every day was different. So some days I would start at 11, but I would still hop on like a 5am bus, get to the gym, work out for an hour, shower, go to work. And it felt so good. And it just feels so good to be, feel strong. And that's what I'm trying to work towards. So yeah, yeah. look, and the, the key to like beat the, you know, the try, <laughs> So we're gonna try, right? And you're like, oh, right? Because it's fucking awesome. Because your head will forget how great you feel. The good thing is, this is recorded. 
So you're going to remember that, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. I did what I said. I got up. It gave me so much energy. Holy fuck. Personal integrity actually works. Like we all hate that the bottom, that it's so fucking basic. It's like Hansel 101. Do what you fucking say. Yeah. Right. And what you say should forward your dreams. Right. right? So if your dream is to be healthy, fit, alive, and you know, like really honoring your body, then that makes sense. And the only way to trump the like, oh, a little tired today, or I don't feel like it, right, is to put in the right fucking excuse, right, and to let everybody know that this is what I'm doing. But it's great. Uh, it, look, it's why I have a personal trainer because I could be such a, you know, yeah. I don't feel like it today. It's your fault. I have 50 emails. I have so much work. To, like I blame work. Right. Uh, but I'm. If I don't write, if I don't work out, I'm going to be a less nice human. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to blame work for it. Mm. And so that's why I have a personal trainer, right? Because I really can't go like, I didn't feel like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's going to charge me anyway. Right. How many days right. a week do you do it? Uh, three. Okay. So I do it three. And then on the other days I work out or sometimes I don't. And then on the weekend I definitely do like a Saturday workout and a walk on Sunday. Nice. I keep moving. But Peloton is like the aerobics is where I've been getting a little sloppy. And I keep on like, maybe if it was in the house and not the gas house. <laughs> well, like, you're such idiots. Such idiots. <laughs> but it's true. Like, when my daughter was here before she went back to college, because she was here for a while, we used to walk. She was really good. She was like, uh, she got me on the walk. Yeah. That was fun. And we used to do a little 30 minute on the off days that we didn't work out with weights. Yeah. My puppy gets me out on a walk, which is nice. That's great. Yeah. You gotta. And I just got my bike fixed. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Well, Marnie, thank you so much for your time here. This has been so much fun. This has been great. And I feel like I got everything from you that I could. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's so much more, but I. I'm sure, but no. no I think we did good. Yeah. We did good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Allie. Well, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you for listening, tuning in, sharing your time and attention with us. I really appreciate you, as always. Um, I couldn't and wouldn't be here without you. Maybe I would. I don't know (laughs) if people weren't listening and I had like just my mom listening, maybe I would do it for her. And for me, I don't know. At the end of the day, it brings me satisfaction and joy to have these conversations. And I would love to hear from you if it's doing that for you as well. I want to know if you're learning anything or if maybe you're just feeling good from it or that you just enjoy listening. Maybe they're just fun conversations for you to be a fly on the wall on for (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe the the lack of control over my tongue is funny for you sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny for me, right? Nobody's perfect. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know that I have been working out because this conversation I was talking about how I signed up for this challenge and with um, on Instagram, she's at fitbeep. I'll link her. She's awesome. Her name is Blair. It was three exercises a week for 30 minutes each for three weeks. And it was 30 bucks. And she got me to every class. And I actually won the $100 gift card to this, um, this like fitwear. So fitness outfit company. So that's really exciting. Um, but honestly, what I gained from it was the routine, the schedule, the three days a week at a certain time. And hopefully I'll be able to stick with it. I think I can. I know I can. (laughs) Growing up, my dad used to always, I guess it was like the little little engine that could, if you remember him, he would always say like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Which you look back and you're like, but maybe think's not the most motivating word. (laughs) I don't know. I know I can. I know, you know, like that would be better. I don't know. Maybe it turned into that. I don't remember the book that well. I'm rambling. Anyway, so I just, so the whole point about me discussing working out is I feel like in my life and I personally at the moment, I don't feel stuck. Um, However, I know a lot of people do and I know a lot of those people and I've been stuck so many times in my life and it's going to be back again. I know it. It's inevitable. It's the cycle of the stuck. (laughs) I just made that up, but I do think that's a thing. However, I believe that the way out of that stuckness, the way out of this quicksand is 
exercise and taking care of ourselves. So when we're not at our best and we don't feel like we're thriving and we don't really know that next move, I know for me, what's always been helpful is just focusing on working out and taking care of myself at that time, because inevitably it lifts you up. It makes you feel good. You're eating better because you're working out and sweating and you don't want to you know, counteract that all too much, even though you feel a little less bad about eating whatever you're going to eat, but you do care more and your mental state is better. You're feeling the endorphins, you're feeling stronger, you're seeing results. And that's really what Marnie was talking about at the end of this episode with signing up for Hildy's course and program and just taking care of yourself because you really do feel stronger, you feel better, and seeing those results of improvement, (laughs) talking about improvement again, um, really reminds you that you can do that in other aspects of your life as well. It's just the first place where it's probably the easiest. And it's not easy. No way is it easy, but to just get your clothes on, get yourself moving, get your body working, find some YouTube videos, sign up for somebody who has something online like Melissa Wood Health. I believe it's $10 a month. I'll link it. Another good one is Andrea Extend Bar. She's on Instagram as that, but her name is Andrea Lee Rogers on Instagram. I'll link to her as well. They both have online programs that you can follow along and choose classes and stuff like that. So I really suggest that. That's my That's my biggest takeaway as of late in life is just... I feel really good and I'm going to be quite frank with you this week I have my period so Monday I didn't really do my 6 p.m. exercise like I usually would I did pick up some weights though and do some arm exercises because the last thing I wanted to do was core so I did some arm exercises and I was like hey at least I did something rather than nothing and I took an extra long walk with my dog So there are things you can do. And I did a really awesome exercise yesterday with MadFit on YouTube. She's free. I will link to her as well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the story. Yeah. So do what you can. Do your best. Keep moving. Keep your body going because feeling strong is just going to take you to the next level and you're going to be ready for whatever opportunities come your way. I hope that just inspired the shit out of you. I just inspired myself, but I got to get moving because I really want to have enough time to bike ride to the office for floor time and I got to get out of here. So thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up and being a part of this with me. You know where to find me with any feedback, suggestions, some advice, some constructive criticism, whatever you want to share with me. I am an open book. I'm an open book. Are you an open book if you're, yeah, whatever. You can find me at spiritually nutritious on Instagram or wellandwhy at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you. I love you and be safe out there, my friends. Ta-ta for now.